0: Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins
1: in space and time and put internally at your disposal. Okay, here I'm reading right now, Death Comes to the Archbishop by Willa Cather. And I like it, it's good. Um, but it was just, and I, I don't know... I mean, I think I know the premise of the ending just from the title, but other than that, I don't know the details <laughs> um, of it. I'm like 120 pages in. Um, anyway, it was just it was kind of a thought provoking thing. It was a comment by it's like his vicar. I can't remember the guy's name, but the other priest, at least at the beginning, that is with him all the time, and they're they're talking about going to all of these, um, you know, towns out in this, you know uh diocese that's just incredibly large and all of that but when he talks about like what they're doing and um you know they're there to save souls is what they're doing and he would get to like these these little you know tiny settlements or towns or you know i don't know i can't remember what they're called in the in the book boy blows and then what's that Pueblos, perhaps Pueblos, that was it yeah um anyway they he gets there and the people would be like ready for him and he would bless marriages and baptize kids and all of that and there was some comment that made me think and it was like man in in like the view of him like hey baptizing this kid is like bringing them salvation there and so like I just need to get the sacraments to these people. Again, very short synopsis, a lot more nuance that you could put in. But I thought about that. And how would I word it? Um, Because I I don't think that's like lost in today's uh, church world, necessarily, at all. But there is something, um, you know, different in that, I mean, I remember even being in college and kind of first being around like evangelization, work and, and a lot of like the lingo and, and stuff like that kind of coming to me for the first time of yeah, we have a whole now like multiple generations of people that are baptized but not evangelized or they're catechized and not evangelized. And we need to evangelize and proclaim Jesus and and let people come to know him as a person and a friend and and all of that. And I think that's um I think that's very true and important. And even now um and again, this is not bad, this is not a critique even, but a lot of like the the lingo that you hear um, is a lot about like healing and um you know, praying into wounds and and different things like that. And there's just something that um like in this in these priests talking i was like man there's there's like a simplicity that's there of like i just need to get these people the sacraments period um cuz that's what's going to lead them to salvation and i just wonder if like we've swung at least away from that like vocabulary or mentality a little bit um cuz i all of that i know it's kind of jumbled there but uh it just made me think of kind of going back to the thing of like man I I love the the whole notion of like kind of walking with people and encountering people and um just kind of being with them where they're at because I think it's really important and all of that but at the same time like I became a priest to save souls um and I like really, really like that. There's something that just kind of stirs in me in talking about that. Not that I do it, but rather, you know, Jesus does that through whatever I do. Um, does that make any sense there? You see what I'm getting at? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I think of
0: is um, last week I buried a guy, Tony who have I mentioned him before on the cast? What do you mind here? Not from that I recall. Yeah. Not, yeah. He's, he was 75 and uh, would come to daily mass here at the Newman center and old Italian American dude was a cop for 35 years here in Chicago and kind of had a reversion in his middle age and just became very pious, prepared to pray the rosary every day. Adoration, daily mass, spiritual reading, and was just really, really into his faith, but in in an ordinary way. It wasn't like a. That's what I said at the funeral. Like, I don't think Tony thought of himself as a saint, although most people kind of saw him that way, uh, because he was also just a really good humored, fun. I got to know him because he he would invite me to like smoke cigars and go to the gym and play horse and out to lunch and just joke around and talk about movies. And it was a normal, fun man's man. And uh, he got cancer a couple years ago and slow decline. Um, and much like, kind of like the, my friendship with Doris, where uh, the sickness sort of made it more like he needed me as a priest and a friend at the same time. And I felt a a certain draw to be with him often during COVID. He was super paranoid that he was going to get it. And he was already really sick with cancer. So we just talked on the phone a lot, but every once in a while his, his hunger for the Eucharist, he was just like, father, can you just come over and we'll wear masks. And so I got to see him through the pandemic a little bit um, and just kind of saw him waste away and physically, but, his, his, he started journaling and stuff and I don't want to go too into it, but he, he just was a really holy guy and, uh, was very worried about purgatory and wanted to get every indulgence he possibly could. Um, wanted to make sure that he lived to divine mercy Sunday. Cause he heard about this indulgence that was, um, just going to be his ticket, you know, like he, he was ready. He's like, I, I don't feel attached to sin anymore. And I just want, I just want to love God perfectly. And, um, I just like, I don't know, to me as a priest, it was so, this is what I said in the homily. This this is the kind of guy for whom it is a joy to be a priest, you know? Um, because you're just, you're, you're ushering this guy into heaven and he's cooperating with, he wants, like most of the time you're having to convince people to want God's grace. This guy just wants it. And I'm here to give it, you know, uh, not of my own power, of course, but through the priesthood that he values and, uh, also had the added, added, uh, charm of like, we were friends. Like he, he liked me and I liked him as a human being, but there was also this sacramental nature to our, our, uh, bond that just made so much sense in the body of Christ like this is us supporting each other and he's encouraging me as a priest and i'm encouraging him as a as a faithful catholic and and helping him along the way and i don't know to me like that that it it hits something essential of why i became a priest and you talk about salvation of souls like just I, i feel more the shepherd role lately the fatherhood too but uh the desire to keep the sheep together. And when you see one kind of wandering off and losing heart to just bring them back gently, um, you know, with the young people in the, in the Newman center and stuff, like just my heart much more in that, I guess, spiritual direction and accompaniment and all that stuff, like that's, that's important, but I agree that feeling like an unlicensed counselor or psychologist that like the point of the priesthood or the point of the faith is to get everybody like psychologically well is not the same as like, this is a battle and the evil one is trying to eat your soul and God is here just loving you. And he's put me here to, to help you discern the truth and go with him, you know? Um, so that's what I've, I'm thinking of when you say that, and it, I, I've just felt that the truth of that very much. Like when it comes right down to it, our job here is to proclaim the gospel and 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 help people answer the call. You know, and that's what the sacraments are for. That's what our preaching is for. Um, and your your talk that you sent about Therese, how she was still neurotic, and was she OCD or something or? she certainly struggled with scrupulosity and like she was not psychologically healed by the time she died but she was a saint you know and her soul is in heaven that's the goal
1: is that at all what you were getting at yeah no that is the um that is the goal it's just i had never i don't know yeah, I don't know what exactly I'm getting at. That definitely um, hits it. And there's always something that stirs at me. Actually, you mentioned Therese there. And I mean, it's elsewhere, but there's this cool, if you go to LaZoo and um, they have all this, this kind of like very small, humble, I would call it museum, but it's really just a room of like her stuff. So like the original door frame of her cell and things like that. And, but even her line of, you know, I joined Carmel, to pray for priests and to save souls that's why i did it um i don't know there's a certain clarity there um that i just like and i'm i'm really um really attracted to uh, that everything kind of comes back to to that um which i i knew that it's it's not like a revelation i guess um But I I just wonder, and maybe, maybe it's just me speaking, you know, because, um, and, and trying to process stuff going on in, in me, because there is something there, like, man, like just being with people and listening to them and, um, like that, that's so important and effective, you know, in, in a lot of, in a lot of ways, um, and but I, I do think we can swing, and I when I say we, like I'm talking of myself, you know, I think we can swing um, maybe a little bit too far in a lot of ways to say like, oh, we just need to um like to be with people and accompany them, and um, you know, just that's it, you know that that whole like unlicensed counselor thing, and I, that's not what counselors do, you know, I don't want to project on what on un- unlicensed ones too that's what unlicensed counselors do exactly <laughs> you know and um and it's good, it's fine, but it it has to be grounded in that um like hey, the church is in the business of of salvation like that's that's what the church does, and that's what we're about um anyway, any thoughts Mike on that
2: yeah you know i because i i think um you know obviously you're talking about two good things there. And the different contexts of, you know, death comes to the archbishop is like a missionary expansive diocese where the church, it doesn't have an infrastructure that's already present. And so they're laying the foundation for the faith for people. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I think of St. Francis Xavier automatically. You're like, dude, yeah, here's a missionary. And he's like the tip of the spear going out there with the Lord's love and trying to, um, yeah, really sacramentally bring it into people's lives, like e- effect God's salvation in this way that the church um, has asked us to do it. The way that Jesus commissioned us to do, like it's the most foundational commission of Christ, you know, uh, go to all nations, baptizing them. But then also there's this great good of like, OK, once we get everybody baptized or you have something like a a Christian infrastructure, then then you do have to deepen it and there's this ongoing faith in shepherding and shepherding and fatherhood that's present there as well and i mean obviously they're they're connected and that they're a part of the same priesthood but i have felt what you're talking about more in like a self-consciousness um yeah. where yeah our language has changed and, it, and i and i find it in talking uh to the youths, to the young folks here, like um, giving confirmation talks, I I noticed it. So I was talking about St. Francis Xavier, and I started using that language of like, he would go out and save 10,000 people a day. Like he would baptize 10,000 people a day. And I, it didn't change how I spoke about it, but I, I did think, I wonder if that makes any sense to them mm-hmm. or if they just think this is like some weird like, I, I wonder if that just doesn't resonate whatsoever. Um, and yeah, because this idea of like, well, I'm just going to go out and distribute the sacraments or or even probably what my priesthood will look like in the military. I'm just going to jump from base to base and celebrate mass for people, baptize them and hear confessions. And that's probably going to be about it. And it's like, there's not a lot of personal relationship that goes on there. There's not a lot of accompaniment. I'm probably never, ever going to see them again. I don't know their names, you know? And it's that's just such a different way that we talk about sharing the faith here and now than, uh, yeah, I guess than other lives and other other contexts that the churches has taken place.
0: Well, I do think that there's something like, there's also St. Paul, you know, Paul sowed the seed. Apollos watered it. Someone else will harvest it. Like, um, My Tony story was just to say that I think as a priest, it's it, it's a nice corrective to be face-to-face with death, earthly yeah. death, um, to maybe what we're talking about, which is um, a certain secularization of the gospel where it, where it becomes a therapeutic thing. Like this is one more... This is just ha- this just happens to be the best way to live a balanced life and be psychologically, spiritually, emotionally healthy. Yeah. Um, which is not really the point. Like that stuff should come along with directing your life towards its ultimate end, which is God. Um, and the, the, yeah. but that's not essential to being a Christian necessarily is being
1: being well. You know what I mean? Right. And that's, I mean, that's the, you tied in earlier that, that whole talk of, um, about Therese of like, she was not, she, and I, I, I love that talk because I think it says it so like clearly of she was not like fully psychologically healed when she died and she died as a great saint, but it, it there is something there of, Yeah like the the real gospel meaning like the divine life of God. It's not moral therapeutic deism. And it's also, this is a sister Miriam James line that I loved. It's also not sin management. Like the point of being Catholic is not just, just to avoid sin. It's actually to live in the divine life of God. And so there's, I don't know, and maybe you just um, see that and also slip into it of like, okay, um, like this person in front of me, like they just need to get sin out of their life. But Christianity is not just sin management. It has to be more than that. Or like, oh man, this person in front of me just needs someone to listen um, to them right now and kind of be with them. But, but it's also, yeah, it's not, um, like the gospel isn't just therapeutic even either. So anyway, maybe it's just as simple as, um, like the Lord kind of pulling me back to, um, yeah, man, like none of that, it it can be all good stuff. And, and the gospel is always proclaimed and spread like in a context and culture and, um, it wasn't that a Cardinal George thing is that he, he just like never understood the whole ca- the word countercultural or that like the phrase, um, mm-hmm. because it has, because we're cultural beings. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah, I'll stop. I'll stop there. Cause maybe it's just as simple as, as that of being able to, to talk about it. And, and like, yeah, none of that, um, encompasses the full revelation of, of God, um, or the church and and like what um what she does and and like what she she is almost metaphysically of um the church is a big ship you know and and that's a good thing but that that does it's like man oh man that's not it that's not what we're all about but it kind of is but like oh that's not it either if that sorry if I'm jumbled there again
0: i, I just think practically speaking like anything that you make the goal that isn't god will ultimately become an idol yeah. and um uh, okay. there's nothing that i mean we're not saying it's better to be psychologically or emotionally wounded and and get to heaven it's just that if you concentrate on the healing of your wounds um as the end and God is the means for doing that. Kind of like a grief observed CS Lewis. So he talks about how part of his struggle when his wife died was that he, what he wanted ultimately was to like be healed of this grief or to be reunited with his wife in heaven or whatever. And God was just the means to get there and where he needed to get to, which brought about as a secondary result, some healing and some peace was no God is the ultimate goal that's it and by wanting him and striving to receive him and his gifts like I can let go of exactly how I want that to go you know I it's your will not my mind be done that's the place of the freedom as a creature not dictating to the creator this is these are the gifts I want from you you know um
2: yeah it's putting the cart before the horse yeah
0: and and i i do see that sometimes where what can happen is and again like you rob i'm speaking to myself or from my own experiences that you you go to pray and you have this agenda um like this is what i want to deal with today lord here help me with it instead of like okay lord what are you about today i just want i want you I want friendship with you I want to please you to serve you to be with you when I come in with this agenda then I just am focused on myself and my wounds and my needs for healing and all this stuff and I think the desires can be good to examine to because God puts them there but if they're not in dialogue with him like Lord it's your agenda full stop that's that's what I'm about because I trust you so the key is faith Will I go with him wherever he leads me? You know, same thing with discerning a vocation. Sometimes people make that an idol. Uh, Lord, just tell me what to do. And and like I'm I'm praying and I'm trying to solve this puzzle of like getting some clarity on my vocation. And it's like God is not there to be your helper with the puzzle to solve. Your vocation is to love, serve, and reverence God in this life and be happy with him in the next and he'll that's the fundamental thing that has to happen in our hearts to quote save our souls is to get on board with his agenda you know and the evil one is just using every every secondary good he can to distract us from that um seek first the kingdom of god and the rest will be granted to you
2: um you know what i mean yeah Yeah. And, you know, even in in those examples, it's like part of why there is the tension there is because it's not bad to come in and talk to the Lord about the things that we want. And um, like, that's actually a really good thing. And the Lord wants to hear about those things as well. Um, But ultimately, we don't talk to God so that he gives us stuff. Uh, And I think, yeah, it's just this massive temptation to try to use God like like one thing in the in the big algorithm of of self-perfection or 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 happiness you know actualization of of our happiness I remember Connor you shared a line from from Derek Ho uh so wise I think about it all the time he just said uh it's not my job to make me happy and so like I'm just that's not something I try to do anymore is to try to bring about my own happiness, but like I, it's my job to follow the Lord, and what what will come is what will come, uh, and that's really radical because that's out of control in a lot of ways, uh, well, out of our control, um, and we can't dictate the terms that it takes place on, and there's a lot of uncertainty to it, um, but that's what creates things like Pentecost, where. People are like, look at these out of control people Do we think they're drunk. Huh. You're Like, no, we're, we're actually just being led by the Holy Spirit. And, uh, there's a type of, yeah, wildness that comes to that, but also a radical freedom. Uh, and this is, I don't know if I've ever shared this before on the, on the podcast, but, uh, that it's, it was like a huge selling point for especially a lot of our confirmation programs. And I I think a lot of people still use it. And of course, like the whole thing isn't bad, but Matthew Kelly's become the best version of yourself. Yeah. I think that's another example of taking a a great good. That's a fruit of encounter with Christ because Christ really does make us the best version of ourselves, but it it puts the cart before the horse and says, uh, you know, the ultimate goal is to become the best version of yourself. And God is the way that you make that happen. And so then the problem is like, well, what happens when you don't feel like you're being the best version of yourself? Uh, Do you drop God and try to find it another way? Or is God the ultimate goal, you know, like that relationship and communion with love. Uh, And then once we are in relationship with the Lord, he brings about that healing. He brings about this fullness of life that he does desire for us. Um, yeah. yeah. It, it, so we, yeah,
0: yeah. I think the can, nice thing is that if God is the ultimate goal, you you have Him right now. You know that that's the mischief of the evil one is that if self-perfection, wholeness, self-actualization, whatever other thing is the goal. It's always out of reach, you know, and you're like, oh, maybe you'd please God if you did this, or we're just, you just manage this sin a little bit better. But until then, you, you, you won't have it. And the truth is that God has laid everything out for us. He's, he's made himself completely available in every time and place. And, um, it's not my job to make me happy. That's it. I, I forgot mm. I said that. That's really wise. Um,
2: no, you, you didn't. You were quoting. <laughs> you I prob- do not take I probably credit for I it. Edited,
0: I edited it to make it more eloquent and punchy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's freedom, dude. Yeah. That's it. So don't try to be free. Get that truth, you know, just be that's why I say faith. It's like, it's a, it's a belief. Um, the lie, the, the origin of our problem is believing a lie that God's not on our side, that he's holding out on us, that you don't have everything you need to be happy. You need to grasp. And that lie is pretty stubborn,
1: you know? Well, it's just so it's everywhere. And it can get into I like that insight of being said out loud that like anything that anything except God that we put as the end, the ultimate goal, becomes an idol. And you're like, Man, that's you're like, shoot, well, that's also in the book of Genesis. So why do I have to be reminded of that so often? But it's yeah, it's really important to be. Well, that was quick. We nailed it. Cool. Well, special thanks to number 43, George W. Bush, for uh, being our silent guest today. Yeah. Thanks, W. Any other shout outs or um, do we need any advertisements, announcements for our sponsors? Oh, uh, I- Ma- Mallory Nygaard,
0: a longtime listener, sent me a book of poetry. I haven't uh, gotten through the whole thing yet, but uh, shout out to her. Thanks, She's, Mallory. She wrote a, a note in it that said, Longtime listener, first
1: time poetry sender. <laughs> The, oh uh, shout out to this is man, this may be the most three dogs north thing we've announced in a while, but there's a really cool young couple with a really awesome little girl that lives somewhere around St. Louis that I talked to a couple months ago. Um they actually made a donation uh to S I U E Newman, and they were really awesome. I'm just blanking on their names right now, but shout out to you um uh, if you're listening. <laughs> And honestly, email me because I would love to get dinner over over the summer um, sometime. So we were on a Zoom call with uh, Nancy Jacko. You know who you are. I know who you are. I just can't think of your names. Shout out. (laughs) Honestly, for real, email me and would love to get dinner. That was has a
0: a great because People say I'm better with faces than names. It's like everybody's better with faces. Names are hard to remember, but like, oh, yeah, that's a face. Oh, yeah, that's your face. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not hard. Any who's <laughs> key. Well, guys, praying for you. I'll see you guys soon, huh? Yeah. See you Love you, dudes. Soon. Love see you, too. See you soon. Later. So pumped.
1: Bye.
2: Good girl.